0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Don't let his bark fool you. Roy has a softer side, too. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Interesting uh, email from uh, Mark to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. What it looks like to me is that the opposition is not doing a good job establishing vulnerabilities in Justin Trudeau. Look at the NDP leader. He won't have a seat in Parliament until 2019. I think Justin's vulnerability is being a globalist too many times puts global issues ahead of Canadian issues. If the opposition focuses on needing to put Canada first, I think it might improve their status with Canadians. As for Harper, the only thing I blame him for is not realizing his time was up and giving the leadership to someone else. That's from Mark. Send your emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Was it wrong to not re-elect Stephen Harper in 2015, and should Justin Trudeau go or stay in 19? That's going to be here before you know it. The election campaign will be starting. Already has. Uh, and there was gonna be a lot of accusations flying back and forth. Sean is in Campbell River, British Columbia. Sean, thank you for the call, sir. Well, thank you for having me, Roy. i
1: uh, I gotta say I, I'm amazed by your work ethic, man. You oh, sound f- like you sound like warmed over, but you're right there with the conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I just love the I love doing this.
1: I can tell. That's why I listen to you every week. Thank you, sir. Uh should Justin Trudeau go? Yes. Uh, I think we bought the commercial, and we didn't get the product that we were promised. I'm a veteran, so you can understand how I feel.
0: Well, you didn't get anything. You didn't. You you did not get. Any. Why why do you get nothing, and Omar Carter gets ten and a half million bucks?
1: Well, you know, you can see the lineup at the uh, next lottery. So, I mean, that's just one thing. And I think should the Conservatives have gotten back in, absolutely, but they didn't because they didn't do what they were supposed to do, which was remove Harper. Uh, you know, Harper's was probably the biggest anchor that they had. If they had put in a new and dynamic and intelligent leader instead of the sheer mess that they have right now, uh, I think we would have been much further ahead. But That's a clever pun. Well, uh, not half as good as gum shot.
0: Yeah, go. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping
1: that one. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we we were sold a bill of goods on a, on a reality TV show and then
0: after a little while we discovered the reality TV show isn't that good. Yeah, I'm not impressed with Mr. Shear. To tell you the truth, I'm not.
1: No uh, I'm you know, not. Every time I see him in the House of Commons at uh, question period, that smarmy smirky look on his face just makes me go we're ne- we're not getting anywhere. Well he's
0: not he's not ready to actually talk to people. He's another guy who's ducking interviews, um, frankly ducking interviews. Uh, he was he was very happy to uh, to talk when he was running for the leadership of the of the Conservative Party. Now he's the leader. He doesn't want to face any difficult questions, and so he's he's unavailable. That's not exactly the kind of thing that's going to create anything in the way of, of positive feedback for you. And Mister Singh's essentially been 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 invisible.
1: Well, and I mean, Mister Singh's the, exactly the same thing. He's a, there's a lot of of showmanship. There's a lot of look how good and how handsome and pretty I am. They took the Liberals took White Rock because of Justin Trudeau, not because of the Liberal Party, not because of any of their policies. The star showed up, everybody went, ooh, and then end up voting for Gordon Hogue, and you're kind of like, what? What?
0: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. In, in, in a in a writing
1: you. that has been conservative for almost forever.
0: Yeah, Sean, thank you so much for your call, and thank you to for your service to Canada and Canadians. Thank you, Roy. All the best to you. Sean in Campbell River, British Columbia. We're going to stay on the West Coast, and Jim is in Surrey. Hi, Jim. Thank you for the call, sir.
2: Hi there. Hi there, Roy. How you doing? Um, you know, letting ISIS fighters back into this country after it's all cleared up over in the Middle East and try to rehabil- rehabilitate them with poetry, yeah. uh, that's not my prime minister. Giving $10.5 million to a convicted terrorist, that's not my prime minister. Uh, the Marno Chappelle... Uh, Thing that's been going on. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, Paradise Papers, you name it. People aren't looking around. Um, I could really go on and on, but any prime minister who tells me we are not a country anymore, we're a post nationalist state with people who just have similar ideas. That's not my prime minister.
0: That just bothers the hell out of me, too. I just cannot get beyond that. Six days after taking office, he tells the New York Times, Canada could be the world's first post-nation state. That's not what I want, and that's not what anybody in this country. That's not what people want in this country, but that's what he wants, and he's the only one that's important. So there you go.
2: And you know what, Roy? This is the country of Canada. Yes, sir. People people for this country yes sir hundreds of thousands of people died for this country this is Canada
0: yes sir and there's
2: no prime minister ever elected in history that has the right to tell its citizens we're not a country
0: thank you Jim I appreciate the call world's first post nation state can I read you something uh, this was written by Dan Hannon he's a member of the uh, well I guess I guess well, I guess it probably maybe still is. Are the are the Brits still in the European Parliament? I don't know. They're not going to be for long if they are. But anyway, Dan Hannon was a British conservative member of the European Parliament. And he wrote this on uh, December the 1st, 2000 and no that I did not. He wrote this in on uh, on October 26, 2015. Who we'll put December 1st, 2017? Anyhow, here's what he wrote. The free world has lost its leader. In the absence of a vigorous American foreign policy, Canada's Stephen Harper supplied his own. For the better part of a decade, he energetically championed Western interests. He was serious about fighting terrorism, keen on free trade, and prepared to deploy proportionate force in defense of freedom. His defeat in last week's Canadian general election will be felt far beyond this sparse, chilly country. When other Western leaders fretted about Israel's 2006 Lebanon War, he gave his full backing to the Jewish state— when others dithered over Putin's invasion of the Ukraine, he led international condemnation. Obliged to meet Vladimir Putin at a summit meeting, he was admirably curt. I guess I'll shake your hand, but I only have one thing to say to you. Get out of Ukraine. Canada, like most countries, partly defines itself with reference to what isn't. But Harper was uncomplicatedly pro-American and pro-British. In his first overseas speech as Prime Minister, he told a London audience how glad he was that his was a common-law Anglo-Sphere nation. As a matter of historical fact, this might not seem especially radical, but my goodness, what a refreshing break from the line taken by previous Canadian leaders, namely that their country was a happy multi fusion of First Peoples and Acadians and Vietnamese boat people. Why did Harper lose so badly? The Canadian right got its second-lowest share of the vote since 1968 and can't console itself with the thought that it was beaten by opponents, whom it had dragged onto its own ground. Bill Clinton and Tony Blair had to meet their right-wing rivals halfway on many policies. But Justin Trudeau, the new Canadian PM, is a debilitated Occupy protester, pro-tax, anti-business, pro-pot, anti-American. From an outsider's perspective, it seems mystifying. Canada was the best-performing major economy in the world, the only G7 state to come through the downturn without a downturn. It's true that the recent drop in commodity prices caused a slowdown, but the big picture remains positive. Taxes were falling more rapidly than at any time in the nation's history. Crime rates were at a record low. Illegal immigration had been curtailed, with the result that legal immigrants were grateful, patriotic, and usually happy to vote for the right. It won't do to argue that Canada is a natural liberal country. Conrad Black used to speak of his countrymen as English-speaking Scandinavians. In fact, both Scandinavia and Canada went through a teenage socialist phase from the late 1960s to the late 1990s and then snapped out of it. Until Pierre Trudeau, the new PM's father, Canadian immigration policy was based on keeping combined provincial and federal taxes below the U.S. equivalent so as to compensate for the rougher climate. Before the goody-two-shoes, patty-waste demilitarized Canada of the 1970s, uh, Canadians were a famously tough people Eisenhower used to remark in private, obviously, that man for man, they were the finest soldier under, uh, soldiers under his command. Harper believed with justice that he was returning his countrymen to their traditions. What then was the problem? But simply, Canadians had tired of their leader. Leftists naturally called him a hater, a tea partier, an Islamophobe, uh, yada, yada. But more significantly, Tory pundits would remark on his coldness and remoteness. A typical column in the right of Centre National Post, the newspaper founded by Conrad Black, blamed the defeat on the nastiness of Tory politics under Harper, the mindless partisanship, the throttling back of backbench MPs. I'm not sure this is fair. In my scant dealings with Stephen Harper, I found him courteous but shy, a common Canadian combination. But it was widely believed, not for the first time, a great leader with immense achievements stayed on one election too many. It happened to Australia's John Howard even to Britain's Margaret Thatcher. Um, Sadly, term limits are no defense against the emergence of political dynasties. A nasty habit has now spread from the United States to its northern neighbor. That's another story, though. That's from Dan Hannon, a British conservative member of the European Parliament. We'll come back with a story you just have
2: to hear.